Hi, I'm Jordan. Hi, and I'm Doyle. Um, and there's some things today I've got to say, uh, kind of tagging on to the, the last couple of, of uh, podcasts that we've done. You know, we sort of introduced ourselves and some, some things kind of b- behind the curtain, so to speak, on our, our, our thought processes, our values and things of that sort. Um, so today I, I wanted to take a, a few minutes and and sort of uh, connect with the, that part of of, uh, of who I am, and sort of talk about what I would call my my personal mission. Uh, and I don't mean it to be some lofty sounding kind of thing, but it's uh, you know in in, in some uh, circles it might be called my calling. Uh, being being a Christian as as I, as I am and, and profess, uh, you know that's a term used a lot about what, what we're called to do. So in, in that regard, I, I think that uh, in in my life, uh, I'll speak for myself and not for for general people. In in my life, I feel like there are purposes that I was put here to serve, the, and part of my job is to discover those purposes. and And I believe those purposes change and evolve and 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 get modified over the the course of one's life. You know, as as a as a child, you know, your purposes are very simple. You know, survival and fun and enjoy and learn and and discover and and friendship and love and all those kinds of things. Uh, you know, the giving and taking of all of those. And then, as you become to get into young adulthood and uh, uh, and you start thinking about, well, I've got to be responsible for myself. This is where I think I, I want to kind of start real quickly. You know, when I uh, was getting uh, out of out of high school and and going into college, uh, I think my purpose was to discover which direction I wanted to go. I mean, right with my life, I knew my life uh, was, was going to mean something. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I knew it was going to have a purpose to help people. Uh, and when I started, uh, I was uh, a math major uh, for a while. And that's, I know that you mentioned in yours, that's where, where you ended up. Yeah. Um, and that's where I started. And and I took a turn and, and you turned into it, I suppose. So I sort of uh, <laughs> might have passed that baton off to you. Uh, in, in some uh, metaphysical fashion. Uh, but I, the reason I did I, math was always something I was good at, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. But what I uh, did is I shifted that. I, I looked, well, what, what did I want to do? And I wanted, uh, I was intrigued by things like the legal system, uh, the court systems uh, to a certain extent. And so I thought, well, I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll go and, and move toward being a lawyer. But I didn't want to go through the, the, the two primary options that I was aware of was policy and, and criminal justice. I really preferred the criminal justice, although I didn't want to get into law enforcement directly. So that's the path I went and thought, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm on the path. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a lawyer, whatever that may mean when it, when it uh, ended up. Um, that was not to be because uh, 16 years uh, finishing up my fourth year. Um, I had taken the, the admissions test, but the idea of just going back to school, I was ready f- to do something different. And uh, so I took my degree and uh, wanted to get into the justice system in a way that would help and help where the, the payback would, would be better. Uh, and so I got into the juvenile justice system. And with my idea there being, uh, I'm going to, and I'm going to use a, a vernacular, I'm going to fix all of these kids, you know, the things that were wrong. Because, you know, I had some 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 uh, things in my early life. I was not a bad kid. I didn't get in trouble with the law, but I had some, some social things. My parents divorced when I was early. I was the eldest of, of three boys and my mother was a, a, a divorced working mother trying to do the best she could, you know, in the late sixties and early seventies. 
and we and we had it tough financially and and so all of those things kind of formed some of the way I was thinking and and I saw people around me in similar circumstances that that uh, uh, you know using the the phrase but for the grace of God there go I they they took different paths and and so I wanted to 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 go and sort of help you know kids like that or that for some reason didn't get the right kinds of influences I was fortunate to have other family members that filled in some of the 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 gaps that. Uh, I might have had from an emotional perspective, very supportive family. Um, and then I went on and did that for a while. And uh, uh, and then I married. And then uh, marriage is one of those events that that's, makes a serious shift in your in your uh, priorities and purposes a lot of times, because now being a traditional male that, that, that I am and was and am, um, I was the provider. And, uh, and so I wanted to be the provider for, for my wife and, and, uh, and we, while she was working as well, we, we had that, that good balance going on. And then, uh, wasn't long after we got married that we began to have a family, uh, had our first child. And then a couple to three years later, we had our second. And, and then you start really starting to think in terms of, okay, how, how can I provide? So your purpose changes to being the provider for a family of two to being a provider for a family of four. And then where I was working, um, uh, it was very, very difficult, uh, if not impossible, to provide uh, at the level that I wanted to. Not not at a extravagant level, but just as a, a solid middle class uh, level where, you know, we, we had the things that we needed and a few of the things that we wanted. So I, I felt a time to shift again on my purpose. So as, as I'm describing my purposes, I see uh, they're not just shifting. I think they're refining. At least that's how sure. I think. Having the, the 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 luxury of of forty some odd years now to look back, I can see that they weren't you know uh, 180 degree you know turns you know they were they were various and and, and different kinds of minor turns that, that kind of shift the the path that you're on and um, well, you're just and you're so, a sculptor right and you're just chipping away at the stone right right and so yeah and that's a great way to put it because it isn't a lot of straight lines. There's a lot of round shapes, curves and divots yeah. and uh, uh, the realities that we face. Uh, I knew I would need to do something different to, to uh, be able to provide for my, for my family, my, my wife and, and two children uh, being, as I said, being traditional, we were very, very uh, committed to uh, my wife being a stay at home mom. So she quit her job and that even put additional pressure. So at this particular time, it was the early eighties, early to mid eighties, uh, and uh, it was when the computer revolution was was sort of just blowing up. They were becoming ubiquitous. They had been around for a few years, uh, but they were primarily the real large implementations and big companies. But during the, the 80s, uh, it began to be a lot more proliferation amongst uh, many businesses. And so I knew that was you know a worthy area to go. And that actually, if you think about it, it dovetails with some of the things that I'd studied, math and and you know and the sciences, and as well as uh, the criminal justice. Which the, the odd thing about my criminal justice studies was uh, my minor was sociology, a lot of behavior. I actually took more sociology courses than I did criminal justice. Uh, uh, thirty three hours or thirty six hours credit hours to thirty. Uh, and what I think that helped me to do was to understand how to apply the technology. Uh, and taking into consideration human behavior, which now, again, looking back on my technology career, was was a, a great tool, you know, to, to have in the in the toolbox to understand human behavior. So, all that said, that uh, that allowed me to open doors and and have a, a very uh, productive 
uh, and to my standards, a successful career uh, and provide for my family in, in, a, in a very, very uh, comfortable way. Um, but then that put me in a position to go, okay, now uh, that, that purpose has been served. So w- what is my goal now? What, what, is the, what are the goals that, that I need to uh, uh, focus on? What, what, what do I need to be and do? And so my purpose refined itself into, uh, uh, into something of the, using the term, you know, pay it forward uh, and help other people. And, and as I moved into management, I was able to do this on a, on a, on a regular basis in my, in my professional job. So as I was, you know, taking the path that I was on, I was able to apply that. And, and one of the things that, that I uh, got such great satisfaction from was helping other people be successful in their careers. And uh, some of the ways that I, that manifested is, as I moved into, into uh, probably the director level management, you know, sort of uh, uh, senior middle management, if that makes any sense. I was able to affect a lot of people's careers and help them to uh, contribute to, to them, their growth and their progression uh, in professional skills and abilities, but also pro- uh, professional uh, status, titles, and, and responsibilities, and to help coach them and hopefully, in some cases, set examples of, of, of how to be successful. And it manifested itself in, in a lot of different ways, uh, but even after the fact, in that now, uh, and that's, you know, in, in my rearview mirror by a good number of years, that there are still people that I stay in contact with, that I worked with, that, uh, you know, consult me and that, you know, from time to time on advice and then just, you know, keep keep up with what's going on in their lives and professionally so and, and, and in mine. Uh, a number of people, probably a half a dozen to a dozen people that uh, I still stay uh, in contact with that I haven't physically seen in probably a dozen years. Uh, and so now I'm taking that and trying to, to, to take advantage of some of the, the other media, the other methods of taking this and sort of man- allowing it to manifest out. So um, I think this uh, podcast, the things that, that uh, I got to say, uh, I know we talk a lot about our perspective and points of view. We're, we're very careful and cautious not to um, push ourselves off in any extreme, although we may have some very strong views and, and points of, of view and, and, and ideas and opinions, we, we want to share in a constructive way. We're not wanting to, uh, speaking for me, and, I, and I'm sure you feel the same way, we don't want to uh, get into this antagonistic and, and confrontational kind of perspective, uh, you know, a, a win-lose scenario. We, right. we want to to share and and make available points of view and then also learn, right? I mean, I think we're very open and receptive. But beyond that, there, there are people out that, that, that just don't know things they don't know sometimes. Sure. And to try to well, all of us don't know what we don't know. <laughs> sure. But I mean, but even, uh, they're, they're, right. Uh, I was just saying that there's people that, that take strong stances about things with partial information. Right. And uh, what, what, what we want to do is gain additional information and knowledge as well, but share things we know that, that might help other people have uh, a more reasoned uh, uh, point of view and opinion on things but also in a way that affects their lives positively, individually, N- not not in groups, but but individually. So um, I try to just, you know, uh, put it out real quickly. And I think where I am right now is is using the social media, using things like podcasts and, and video and YouTubes and a blog and, uh, and try, trying to create uh, methods of, of reaching other people or making it available to other people. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate that, 
I'm not like some content creators right now that their mission is to is to monetize and make it their their primary source of income. And um, and and I'm, I wish all of those people well. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But that's just not what my mission is. Now, if, if it if anything I do gets monetized, then then fine. But if it doesn't, then I, I didn't go into this with expectations of of monetization. It was the expectations of 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 paying it forward, of giving back to to those similarly to how I was given to as I come along. I didn't mention any of that as I come along, but there were, you know, many, many, many people on my path that helped me. And I could I could probably sit here and name a dozen just without even thinking a dozen people. And, and maybe I will at some time in the future so that if this ever gets back, they can hear uh, maybe something I've never told them to their face and probably should. Uh, how much I appreciate. Uh, I have had the, the, the opportunity and, and seized that opportunity a few times. Uh, but anyway, uh, we all need help and have help. And, and I just want to uh, uh, help and extend that help in some fashion. Uh, even, even if I never know what it is, I, I want to put sure. it out there so that it becomes available. Well, I mean, setting your intention is the first step to achieving anything that you want to achieve. And I think that um, that gets sorely overlooked by a lot of people that they um they're so fixated and transfixed by the outcome that they desire even if it's a good outcome right and it's it's for good reasons that they want that that um they somehow externalize it to themselves in a way that um they kind of integrate this belief that they will never have it because it's something that's so disparate from where they are right now that they don't even begin to believe that there's a path between where they are and that, and thus they don't set their intentions to be on a path from where they are to get to that. Thus they keep themselves forever away from that. Um, the, the real trick that we play on ourselves a lot is to get in that kind of a mode and then still trick ourselves into believing that we are trying to get there while keeping ourselves where we are. That's how we justify to ourselves our habits that keep us stuck. Our, our, all of the things that we want to do, but probably shouldn't be doing our vices, right? Um, whether they be vicious or not, right? Um, I think that that is, um, and this is actually one of the notes I'd written when you and I had spoken, uh, you know, off, off the air, so to speak, was that whole, uh, um, how I, I really think that, uh, and we could talk about this, I think, in a different episode, but I just want to put it out there right now. I think that a lot of, life is trying to be aware of what we're actually doing uh versus what we want to be want to have and the things we need to be doing to have what we want to have and to uh use that awareness to bridge that gap to zero if possible and the the the, the more directly you can do that the more rapidly you'll bring in those circumstances you're looking for but the thing is you can't create the circumstances directly you have to create the situation that brings those circumstances into it. Um, and that's that. And again, this is a completely different topic for a different podcast, but that's when people talk about like law of attraction and that kind of stuff. And people want to be like, Oh, that doesn't, that, that's so stupid. Law of attraction doesn't mean anything. It's like, well, law of attraction isn't like you think it and you mentally create it in front of you. Like a lot of people want to interpret it or even some people want to present it as being no, what it is is getting your mindset in the right state so that you begin taking the actions and setting up the situations that give the most likelihood for the thing that you want to come into your life. And it's like the whole idea is that you, what you do is believing quote unquote, believing in the law of attraction to me is, is, is tantamount to you 
starting to believe again that you have the power to create things in your life, to do things in your life, to make things happen in your life, right? It's that that reassumption of your internal strength, your internal power to begin that process of using it. But uh, that actually dovetails into my purpose a bit or my meaning in my life and what I'm trying to go at if uh, if we want to pivot to that. Well, I'll make one little brief comment. Yeah, please. Make what you say and then run with it. Was what, what uh, I read something just recently, and I don't know if it was on one of the social media uh, things that I, I'm, I'm connected on. And it says, "If you believe you can or you can't, you're right." That's a Henry Ford quotation. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Whether you believe and, you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah. Right. And and and, and that's so powerful. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that that's exactly what you just got, got through saying is it's that when you believe you can, you can, because then you start doing the things that, that reveal that you can. Until so, so you now, believe that you can't and you stop. Right. Right. And that goes back to intention, right? What is your intent? Is your intent to make this thing happen or is your intent to sit here and wish that it were here and, or, and, and, and wait until the moment where you can snap your fingers and it appears in your hand. One of those is an actionable plan. One of those isn't right. Right. Um, <clears throat> So I guess pivoting to a little bit of what I, I feel as my life purpose, life mission, um, for me, it, it's so weird because, you know, for so much of my life, I've had thoughts and ideas. Oh, I would love to do this. You know, I'd love to be a professional musician. I'd love to, you know, uh, be a, a math professor. I thought that that's what I wanted to do for a while. Um, you know, I really like uh, some of the things in the past, I would say maybe decade. I really like video games and, and uh, live streaming. And I, it would be cool to do video game live streaming. Um, and like all of these things, like when you uh, get enamored with them, let, let, me, let me speak for myself. When I would get enamored with them. And then I would start down and I would realize, you know, you got to do something to make this happen. Sure. Some people don't ever get to that point. Uh, but I, 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 I'm very OK at getting to that point <laughs> and I can get to that point and, and figure out, you know, OK, well, I need to do this, need to do this. I know how to find the information from the people who've done it, because most uh, everybody who's been successful at something has left clues. Right. So what was it? Success leaves clues or something like that's the, the saying. Then um, it's so true. If nothing else, you just watch their rise and what they did along the way and see where they got bumps. And then, OK, well, this is probably led to that, et cetera. And really good at analyzing things like that. Really good at, you know, uh, re- uh, not reducing, but uh, kind of um, uh, extracting those pieces of information that you need to get on those paths. And then I would get on those paths and realize this is just as much work as anything else. Right. Because what people will get enamored with and I fall victim just as much as this as anybody else is that, oh, I want this thing that looks cool and looks like fun. But I want this idea that I have of what it is and just that idea. And I don't want anything else out beyond that. I don't want the the path that it takes to get from here to there. I just want what my imagination tells me that thing is based on what I'm seeing. And the thing is, the way things are these days and probably the way things have always been, uh, what we see is so much of a show versus what that thing really is. Mm -hmm. And so trying to understand what you really want is very difficult i think now more than ever um especially with social media makes it quadruply hard i think um, and that's another one of the things that i think is is problematic about social media or dangerous dangerous quote unquote about social media but again i don't think that that it is it is bad enough to say that we need to take a stand against it i think it's just we need to be aware of how we're using it and what it can be used to do against us basically um or we can use it to even do against ourselves um, but something that has become very clear in, to me over the, I would say the past f- four, two to four years, something like that 
is what I really think my mission truly is. And uh, I've been bad in uh, taking co- consistent steps toward this, which I've started to be a little more consistent, I think, over maybe the past year uh, at moving toward this. And I'm, it's still a challenge, right? Everything's always a challenge. And uh, at the end of the day, I think that um, everything has to be. Because then what would the worth of it be, right? If if you didn't have some resistance to push against, you just wouldn't do anything. And so if uh, something's really worthwhile, then it's worth having meeting that resistance and overcoming that resistance. Um, and again, I think it's the whole thing where you can have anything you want. You just have to prove you want it. And proving that you want it is meeting any resistance that shows up in your path toward it and overcoming that resistance. Or figuring out how to use it to your benefit, because sometimes you can do that, too. Um, so I, th- I think that for me, and this is really meta, but I think that it's important. I feel that my purpose is to show other people that you can do that, right? That it, it you don't require any sort of external validation. You don't require any external um, uh, power or strength. Uh, now you may require external information. You may require resources, all that kind of stuff. But the thing is to get those things, you don't require anything other than who you are. You have your human brain and your, your, your human spirit and your, your will, right? Those three things. You take those three things and add in your true intent, your true desire for something. It'll happen. If it doesn't happen, you don't have true intent or true desire, period. That's the short of it. Okay, yes, there are circumstances that make it harder for some people than others. Absolutely. Not saying that that's the case. But also, that vision that you have of this thing, just because you have it as, oh, I want to be you know, wealthy, then that's an okay goal if that's what you want. I want to be wealthy. Well, you don't have to be a billionaire to be wealthy, right? You got a, you got a dozen million dollars. You're you're wealthy. You're you're ridiculously wealthy, right? You got a you got a couple million dollars. You're wealthy. You're ridiculously wealthy. Like it's fine, right? You have to be uh, understanding of principles like that. That your goal doesn't have to like when, when, having made it doesn't mean it has to be a hundred percent exactly what you're looking for. Because and the reason why is because you don't really know what you're looking for until you get there. And the problem is, once you know what you're looking for by getting there and having it, then immediately everything evaporates. The feeling of success evaporates. The, 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 the struggle evaporates. So that part may feel good for a moment, but it won't be very long that it won't feel, until it won't feel good. And, every, and you feel just so um, lukewarm about everything and just so blah, right? And, and I, that, what that is showing you is, this is what I really believe, I, I, us at our core, and, and I know people are going to disagree with it, and that's fine, and I, I would love to talk to somebody who disagrees because I'd like to know their perspective, and I'd like to have a conversation with them. Humans are an engine to overcome adversity. That's all we are. That's literally all a human is. And if we're not trying, and when I say adversity, it doesn't have to be like terrible, oppressive adversity, right? It, it could be just simple as, I do not want to get up and go walk to the store, right? That's adversity in a way. I mean, I, not maybe you, you, we should use a better word than adversity, but that's what I mean when I say adversity is things that we don't want to do, right? We are engines of figuring out ways to overcome things that we don't want want to have to deal with. 
That's why we're so good at making tools. That's why we've made ridiculous advances in technology and we continue to make more and more day by day because that's what we do. We, we solve problems, right? And we, we figure out what is something that needs to be done better. What's something that needs to be able to be done at all and figure out how to do it. And if we don't have that as a human, then we rapidly descend into a whole bunch of nothingness and that manifests itself as depression you know anxiety uh all general kinds of uh mental unhealth right uh and um, you know emotional unhealth and just you know being confused and and just no doing stuff because it, it, we basically fall back into our animal nature right where it's like we just please our senses instead of you know uh bring ourselves to anything higher uh, so my point being is that we need these things. We we need a. I hate the word struggle because I because I, I don't think it's a struggle. And, and, and adversity is even not even the right word. But we need a challenge a to face. A friction. Yeah, friction to, to where from to where you are to where you're trying to go and get to. It's the hero's journey. There's a reason why every movie ever, basically, I would say like 80% of movies is some person who finds themselves in normal circumstances. Something happens to them that completely blows that up. And then they're like, what do I do now? And then they realize they have to take on extreme responsibility to overcome this thing that has changed their life. And then their life becomes everything that they want it to be. And they succeed in all the ways that they want. They get the girl or the guy and then they, they, uh, they beat the bad guy and they get all the riches and then they get to sit on the throne and they get crowned the king. It's the hero's journey. And that's literally the reason why we continue to tell ourselves the story over and over and over in books and movies and plays and all these things is because that's what every human life is. And once we start conceptualizing our life that way, if we can really step into the belief of that and conceptualize our life that way, then we can we we can start seeing where's the armor to put on, where's the sword to take up, what's the dragon, where's the dragon's cave, let's go find the dragon, you know, that kind of thing. Be proactive about it because we have the power, we have the control because we are the hero. People are so convinced that they're not. And this is a part of the bet that the ills of advertising, social media, etc. Is that everything is not everything. So much of what is beset in front of it besets us and is put in front of us is something to tell us that, you know, you're right. Life's hard. You have no ability to do anything. Nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about your perspective. You are weak. Here, take this. You'll be less weak if you buy this thing. You'll be less uh, uh, afraid if you do this thing. You'll be less of these bad things that you feel because you are those. Don't forget, you are those. That is you. You don't have any power. But if you take this, you'll get a little bit more power. And so that's it's like a deceptive game, and not everything's like that for sure. But there's so much that's like that out sure. there, and well, and, and honestly, so much of it. Discerning that. What's that? I was just saying, and people struggle with discerning those that are manipulative versus those that are constructive. And that's why it's better to just assume that they all are like that, right? Right. And that's that's why you know the the whole like consumer anti consumerism movement. That's at least. Some of the silver lining of that is that if you take that perspective, then you can start saying, well, because one, I think that that's a very empowering perspective. I'm not going to do this. I can do, I can deal with my life without having to have these things, you know? So I think that that's good. I think there's, there's a lot of philosophies that that stuff falls into that is just like completely beyond the pale from my perspective, but we can talk about that at a different time. Um, 
so I, I think I think that that's the healthier way to do it. If if you're if you can't make that discernment, or if you're not if you don't trust your discernment in that way, which is understandable, right? We find ourselves in a very confusing world. Then just take the skeptical approach to everything, right? And, and just like I'm not going to believe any of that. I'm going to be fine. And then when you come to a point where you realize, oh, I need this kind of tool, or I need that sort of thing, or it'd be nice if if I had this, or if I, if this or that or the other, then go look for it. Then and you'll see because you'll know what you need. You'll see what's being offered, and you'll know. Okay, well, this is what I would need because it meets my needs, not the other way around. That oh, let me make up this need that that aligns with this marketing that makes me feel so emotionally good. Um, right. Point being, I'll, let me reduce it. My mission is to help people understand that they are the center of power in the world, in their world, if nothing else. And that center of power can do everything that they're meant to do in this life, and they are just fine like they are like that. And once they can realize that they can rely on that, that's the whole spirit of God in us, that people don't realize that we have the spirit of God in us because we are divine beings in that sense. And people hear that language and they shut, so many people shut down, especially hyper-rational people shut down because they're like, God doesn't exist or, you know, that's just, you know, mythology or that's just hocus pocus or whatever. And it's like, you don't understand anything about, um, you, you understand little about how you work as a human, right? You think that you're just a bunch of neurons firing, 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 and that's all you are. And that's not true. Yeah, that's what presents here in the physical world. But there's so much more to who we are as a human that, that goes beyond that. If that's not true, then tell me why uh, all, like your heart beats faster when you think about somebody that you are infatuated with. Like, I, I, like, this is a great thing to ask a teenager, right? Like, uh, like a, a teenager boy or girl, like you think about that boy or girl that you like and your heart starts racing. Why? Why? That person's not there with you. What, what's a thought? What's an idea? Oh, it's just these neurons. No, 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 no. You see it in your mind. What is that? Where's that vision come from? It's not, it's, there's no projector in your mind, right? How do you see it? So, you, I mean, people get so limited into this physical world because all that we're taught in school and all this kind of stuff is of this physical world. And not only just of this physical world, it's just a narrow band of what all that is even. And that's another reason why, and we can have an, I, I want to have a podcast about this, why I think schooling right now is completely messed up. And not only is it archaic and, and almost irrelevant at this point, but it, its purpose is just completely haywire. Um, anyhow, um, I want to help people realize that that they have they ha- they are a fount of immense power and ability to achieve things that they can't even conceive of right now. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and, the, and the saddest part, I, I, I absolutely hundred percent agree with you. The saddest part is so many people want to argue and fight and push back on that concept. They want to surrender that power that you that you're describing that people have because I believe that too. Because they have to be held account if I'm if I'm right then they have to be held account for their inaction and they they are so don't want to be. I almost said something that would was uh, is uncharitable and unfair. But they <laughs> but they uh, they they don't want to be because it's difficult. It, it's the yes. it's the light and the dark, right? The the light is being shown on them when when someone says you have the power to change your life but you're not and they don't want to be in that light. This is like cockroach, man. And I'm not calling people cockroaches, but it's no, like cockroach. No, you shine a light on cockroach, they run way right out yeah, of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but here's the thing: a cockroach live a long time, right? But what kind of life is a cockroach's life? Yes. It's just the whole. Th- it's it, there's so many metaphors that you can apply to it. Is 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 uh, unreal, but. People like and the real thing is, I think that you need to get to uh, 
kids when they're like 12 to 17, maybe, you know, 20s fine. I mean, in the 20s you can get to them, but they get a lot more ego then. Um, I, and they start getting the ego in the teenagers, but that's why you need to get them then when they're forming their ego to understand that, look, yeah, you do have the power, right? Because that's what a teenager really feels, right? You take like a 13, 14, 15 year old teenage boy. I was one. I understand. Uh, and he really believes that the things that are important to him will happen, um, even if he's not conscious of that belief, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of them aren't because they get so distracted by either girl, I was just to say boys, but I mean, it applies for the opposite uh, gender as well. Say they get uh, uh, boys get distracted by girls, get distracted by video games, get distracted by some get distracted by drugs, even and alcohol, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, or, or just like be doing dumb stuff, right? I mean, you know, sure. I think all of us probably did some dumb stuff every once in a while as a kid or as a teenager. Uh, but the reality of it is that, um, they have usually below that distraction level almost, I think almost every kid has something where it's like, you know. It's like that spark of pushing you where you need to be, right? It's I think Young talks about it a little bit, uh, Carl Young, um, that you know it's it's a little bit of your, your future self trying to pull you in a certain direction, and you've got a lot of these that could take you a lot of different places. And so I, I think, uh, and I can only speak from my experience because this is definitely how it was for me because that was how it was with music. You know, I felt like okay, yeah, I, this is the life that I want, uh, but there were so many things that transpired between that time and now for me that I, I, I stopped believing it or I just got lazy. Right. Or I got, I got focused on, well, I can just do this and I'll be fine. Or I just didn't think about it. Didn't focus on it. And that's what I want to help is like, uh, like kids like really understand when I say kids, I mean like teenagers and even twenties. Cause I'm old enough to be able to call people in their twenties kids now. Um, <laughs> right. To realize that, look, um, all of this thing, these things that you want, you don't want it because it's impossible. You want it because you know it's possible. At a deep level, you know it's possible. Of course, you know it's possible. You can see it. People have done it, right? If anybody's done it, it's possible. And mm-hmm. uh, and Gary V has this really good phrase that I, I love. And and I, I've, I, I I'm, I'm I'm like you. I'm I'm not super in love with some of his brashness, but I think his points. He has a lot of really great points. Uh, but he has this one point that I absolutely love when he makes it so much. He's like, if somebody who looks like you has made it, you have no excuse because you can make it too. Mm-hmm. And and I, I love that because it's so true. Like, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you can think of one person who's done what you're trying to do, which likely is the case, because that's why you admire them is because it did come from the circumstances you came from. Right. Then you can do it, too. And, and and that's another reason why I like him too, because I think that's a lot of what his message is too, is empowering people to like, take that on, like, look, do this. If you don't do it, you don't really want it. Right. And he's calling that out too. I like that. Um, but the reality is I think, I think we all really do want it. It's just that we just fool ourselves, right? We're, we're, we're just completely lying to ourselves and we're not, we're just so afraid to admit that we're lying to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I'm, 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 kind of vacillating back and forth between describing my my mission and kind of enacting my mission or at least you know a little bit more but um, then that speaks well about your mission right because it isn't something you write and throw up on a wall it's something that you feel that you are so i i I get it i I absolutely get it because i think that that's something that we're um i mean you could have a million people doing this kind of a thing and we still be sorely lacking in uh, that in this world because for so many different reasons, because 
somebody who does it like if i when i try to as i continue to try to accomplish this mission um i'm gonna have a voice and come from a perspective that tons of people are not even going to understand or resonate with but there's going to be some people who do that nobody else can get through to but me basically because of who i am where i came from how i speak you know how i think just my mannerisms my background like all that kind of stuff and that's why I think it's so important that when people feel compelled to do something, especially when it's something that involves other people and helping other people, like to your point, you have to do it. Like you have to have to do it because it is so undervalued each individual's contribution to a field, to anything based on their perspective, where they came from. It's like if I'm trying to solve a problem. Uh, and w- w- people want to talk a lot about diversity these days, and I think this is the the thing about diversity that gets stated probably the least in the public arena, but is absolutely the most important. If I'm trying to solve a problem, I want the most diverse cast of people who have any kind of understanding of the problem at all to sit at this table with me to figure it out. Because if not, then we're all going to get locked into one or two or three perspectives on how to solve it, and we're never going to come up with a novel solution. You need people who look at things and think about things and feel about things in different ways to solve problems. And and this is the last thing I'll say before uh, we, I know we need to wrap up and, and I don't want to open up too much of a can of worms. But this is why I really believe that the whole idea of government does not work and cannot work in the conception that we have of it right now. Because... Two reasons. One, there is no mechanism to ensure a um, I, I, I want to f- say this very carefully because I don't it's, it may be taking taken in a way that I don't mean and I can clarify if you don't understand what I'm saying, but there's no way to ensure um, diverse viewpoints from trying on, on trying to solve a problem. A lot of people will take that as, you know, trying to what is it? Uh, uh, Cross sectionalism or whatever, or whatever it is with identity politics and all that. That's not what I mean. Um, what I mean, because I, I don't mean from identity. I mean from perspective, experience, uh, uh, how you think about things, how you feel about things, all of that. That's the real, true diversity, the strength of diversity from my perspective, and not tokenized diversity like a lot of people talk about these days. Um, right. And so I, I think that there's no way to ensure that. So then we can't come up with the best solutions at that kind of governmental level. And then two, and, and probably the worst problem than, than that, the worst problem is that there's no way to ensure that all of the constituency is represented because we're all individuals and we're not a group. And right. And so anybody who has a problem with, with group think should have a problem with group governance because it's the same thing. And not only, and I guess the third problem, and this is one that gets talked about by a lot of people, no matter where they are on the political atmosphere, (laughs) um, is uh, uh, the actual drivers for policy, for execution, for all of that kind of stuff, is no one in the constituency. It is the vested interest. It's the uh, lobbyists. It's the uh, you know uh, corporations that are in bed with the government, paying all kinds of money here and there and the other way. And and, and, that, and, it, and that's really just a, and that's really just a manifestation of the of the selfishness of the of the actors, right? Sure. Because you, you think about, it, I mean, the 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 lobbyists 
they're 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 uh, enabling the the self survival in the political situation of the of the actors of of the politicians. Let's just speaking be, be true, bureaucrats and politicians. Yeah, that that, that they're doing that they're they're serving at, at a uh, are affecting at a at a base human level, right? Versus 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 the the uh, extended. Um, you know, uh, using Maslow's term, you know, self-actualization, doing something for the greater good. They're doing it for their own personal good, right? They're done at the survival and 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 what all level of of that. How do I make my career? How do I get reelected by acting right here? How do I get in good? Well, life? the way, the way I, that I would frame I it, and I think you and I have had conversations uh, to this effect before, maybe in different terms. Um, no one in that sphere. Well, basically, no one. We can say no one effectively in that sphere is operating from principles. And if you don't operate from principles, you will do whatever it takes to achieve whatever you want. And that's, that's there. And and not, not only is that how everybody's operating there, all of the incentives are set up to reinforce that behavior. Sure. And the, the, the thing that I think that most people don't talk about and most people don't think about is I don't believe it's possible. I, you would have to do some extreme convincing to me. I do not believe it's possible to set up an incentive structure that doesn't eventually at least pervert itself into that. It kind of over time will get oriented that way because that's how it did. That's, that's how we got where we are. Right. Sure. Over the past couple hundred years, 200, whatever years. Yep. I, I agree. So, but anyway, I mean, that's, that's obviously a topic for another podcast, but, <laughs> right. uh, um, the, the last thing I'll say, and to tie that back into, I think, my life's purpose, part, another part of the reason that I think that the idea of a group governance in that way is problematic is that it continues to reinforce this narrative, uh, really this agenda, but I'll just say it as a narrative for right now, and we can talk about the agenda maybe at a different date, uh, reinforce this narrative that um, you don't have your own personal power. Give it. Government is in control. Government's going to take care of you. Government's going to fix it. Government's going to take care of all these problems. Anything's a problem, give it to government. Government will take care of it. And that's not true. Government will take the problem and figure out how to monetize it to its own end. And monetizing maybe with actual money or maybe by brokering power. Same sure. thing, really. Absolutely. Because money is nothing but, but a manifestation of power or, or the, the leveraging of power, the tool of power. Yeah, I, I think it, well, it's the cur- currency of power. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, Good. So I think I think that's a pretty powerful uh, perspective as you described your mission, and and not too not too different from mine. I think it's it has you know a, a sort of generational flavor differences about it, but but in essence they're they're very similar. They're sure. at least at least somewhat parallel in in the end state and and the, the means and methods. And, and quite frankly, I, I am not. Uh, I am not too ashamed to to conceptually or to steal some of the concepts and, and try to leverage them in in, in my in the manifestation. Well, of please my, do, of my please do. I hope it becomes a virus and it infects everybody. Let's go. <laughs> and and it is uh, the, the whole thing of the the individual being the center of their their universe of power. I, yeah. I think is, is 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 a great great way to look at it and 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 uh, tool to hold on to. So, or not tool, but a. But a, but a, a, a factor to, to hold on to the, the individual. If we can all realize that and, and then also operate from the principle that everyone else is the same thing and that they, you know, that, I mean, world peace. I mean, we've taken care of all the problems. Obviously, we're not going to get there. But what I'm saying is, is you have to 
uh, I think philosophically we have to uh, guide ourselves by systems that in the extreme bring the end that basically everybody, no one could be like, oh, that's not worthwhile, right? I think if everybody was at peace and everybody was able to be able to do what they wanted to do, I think that, you know, I don't think anybody would argue with that. And if somebody would argue with that, those are the people we need to lock up. That's the real evil, right? <laughs> I agree. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, all right. Sounds like we're at a, at a good spot now to, to, to pause until the next one. We've, we've sort of set the stage for, for some future discussions as well, and, and I look forward to those. Oh, always. Um, since we're around a, a special American holiday, the Thanksgiving, and I know there's even some some dispute about things there, but I, I'm, I'm looking at it more from the holistic perspective, being a grateful heart. Um, I think despite the, the world and circumstances and, and the circumstances in, in the United States right now, there are still many more things to be grateful and, and happy about in, in, our, in our life and in our country and our world. And uh, I think we should hold on those. We should preach those so that others can, can uh, uh, benefit in a positive way from them as well. So happy Thanksgiving to you and, and to, and to, to you. yours. And I uh, uh, hope you have a, a wonderful, safe and, and, and great time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and the last thing I'll add to that is that um, gratitude is the bedrock or maybe cornerstone to success and any kind of success, the way you want to define success. You have to start with gratitude and then and then you can take action. We don't take action from a, a, a place of gratitude. Usually we take action from a place of fear and that ends in ruin most of the time. Indeed. Well, all right, sir. Uh, I, I guess until next time, we'll we'll bid adieu. All right. And, uh, uh, adieu, I guess, is the the, the proper adieu. pronunciation. Adieu. Um, I had, had to dust off some of the French from way back. All right. Uh, but in any event, uh, uh, have a good day, and you we'll do? talk again soon. All right, Dole. Take care.